Peace and blessings, everyone. I want to welcome you to God's Daughter's Journey to Healing, episode number seven. I am so grateful for the opportunity to be able to share another podcast with you, to be able to share my experience, professional experience, uh, others, uh, women who are on the journey to healing. And I wanted to, 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 to make something um, clear or to, to give you an understanding of what I'm doing. I am not a licensed psychologist, psychiatrist, or anything. I am a minister of the gospel, and I am a woman who has had life experiences. I've had many hurtful life experiences, many things that I've had the need of God to heal me from. And so I'm coming to you just as your sister, just as a woman who is still on that journey of healing, because I know the only one that can heal us is God. But it starts with our own confession, our own confession of wanting the healing that can only come from God. There, I remember reading this, this sign in a hospital one time in Buffalo, New York, and the sign read, we treat, but God heals. And so I am going to be, or I say I'm putting myself in that place of being the one who is going to help treat, help make us aware of the areas that we need healing in and help us to be able to acknowledge what's going on inside so that we can grow and go into that place that God wants us to be. Because at the end of it all, he wants us to be healed and he wants us to be whole. That is his desire. His word declares, beloved, I wish above all that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. So God wants you to, to be whole. A lot of times I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday who was also my previous bo uh, boss. And I was just saying to her how after talking to her, uh, the Lord allowed me and blessed me to be able to minister to her one time. And even on yesterday, I was just blessed to be able to minister to her what, what God was thinking about her and, and the areas where God knew she needed healing. And so this podcast came about after multiple um, sessions of, of, of conversation with different women. And I remember walking through the kitchen one day and I heard the Holy Spirit say, start a podcast. And so that's what this is about. It's about God's daughters. It's about all of God's daughter, no matter what your race, creed, or your color is, no matter where you are in the country, God wants you to be healed and whole. And why do I say that? In many homes and just all over the world, we as women, we are natural. Um, we just take care of everybody. We make sure every person is okay. But how often do we take the time to stop and make sure that we are okay? How, how many times do we stop and just take a long bath and maybe just sit in the tub, turn on some music? If you'd like a glass of wine, that's fine. But just allow yourself to lay there and stay there and be in the moment where God can talk to you and where you can actually listen to your thoughts and be able to get in that place where you need to be to be able to be real with yourself. 
We as daughters, we're nurturers. We are providers. We are uh, nurses. We are psychologists. We go to work and we work full time. We, 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 we do everything for our children, for our husbands, for every, everybody. But many times we ourselves are hurting on the inside. And so I want to just play a little bit of, of the theme music. It's what I do because it's what God does. He is the one that loves us in spite of when we're wrong. He loves us when we're right. He loves us. And this is not a preaching session, but it is just a conversation. It's, it's a way to be able to bring awareness to some areas of our lives where we know there is a need to be healed. And so the subject that we're going to be talking about today is the consequences. We're still in the vein of forgiveness, the consequences of unforgiveness. And there's a remedy to that. It's not just I'm saying, you know, I want to tell you something because I want you to be afraid. But I want to say this to you because God wants you to be healed. And as your sister, so do I. So let's just listen for a few, few just a minute, a minute or two maybe. Yes. Thank you, Lord. It's what I do. It's what he does. Nothing you do. Nothing you do. Nothing you say. And nothing you say. Nothing could change the love that it I can't change the love that I God promised you. you. He said he would be with us always. Yeah. It's because you're you. Yeah. It's because I'm love. It's because I'm love. It's what he does. It's what I do. Yeah. Yes, I know all there is to ever know. He knows all there is to ever know. Where you've been and where you'll ever go. Even your mistakes, he already knows. Yeah. You've been trying so hard to comprehend what kind of love could cover all that sin. Just know there's nothing you could ever do that would ever, ever, ever change my love for you. Don't ask me. Don't ask me why. Yeah. Don't wonder how. Don't wonder how. Don't bother asking how. How is it possible to love someone like you? It's because you're mine. It's because you're you. It's because I'm loved. It's what I do. He loves you. Yeah. Listen to the words. You've been trying so hard to comprehend what kind of love could cover all that sin. 
nothing you could ever do. Don't ask me why. Don't wonder how. Don't wonder how. Don't bother asking how. Don't bother asking how. It's possible to love someone like you. Here's the end. It's cause you're mine. It's cause you're mine. It's cause you're you. It's cause he's love. Cause I'm love. It's what he does. Yeah. Amen. Welcome again, one and all, to God's daughter's journey to healing. And yes, we are still in the vein of unforgiveness. We're going to talk about it. We're going to read. I have a, a, a wonderful article that I found on the um, subject, the subject matter of the consequences of unforgiveness. And I believe it's it's so important to tackle this subject with a vengeance because when you you live a life of unforgiveness you impede your progress you affect your health you affect your mental health you affect so many things in your body by by the one word unforgiveness and so we're going to we're going to we're going to dive in and i want you all to participate those who are watching i want your feedback i want to hear what you are thinking, what you're feeling, all of those beautiful things, because I don't want this to be a thing where, you know, it's just me talking and me, you know, sharing articles and different things like that with you. But I want you to participate and I want you to let me know what you're thinking and even let me know how I'm doing. You know, what do you think about what I'm doing or what I'm attempting to do? by by the help of God and the grace of God upon my life. And so again, the consequences of a forgiveness. And so I found this article um, that was written by a woman by the name of Carol Finch. And I wanted to give you a, a natural point of view of not necessarily, this is a woman that is not proclaiming to be a Christian or anything. She's just, it is her um, to give you a little bit of her, of her background, she is, uh, this article, first of all, was written on September 8th, 2020. Her name is Carola uh, Finch. That's her name. And Carola is a mental health advocate and a freelance writer who focuses on the mental health, mental illness, and cognitive conditions. So she's an advocate of mental health, a person who, who advocates for those who suffer or have mental health problems. And so I want to just read the beginning of the article because I think it's so important because she uses her own example in life to share with you why or the consequences of why unforgiveness. There's a consequence to you more than the offender, more than the perpetrator, more than the one that has hurt you. There are consequences to you as an individual. And, and so it reads, when I was in my 20s, I had an anger problem. Minor irritations could fill me with rage and cause me to be sarcastic, sarcastic and yell at people. I eventually realized I was angry because I had not forgiven my parents. 
and others who had abused me in my childhood. My inner turmoil had said several negative effects on my life. I tried to forgive. I tried to forgive them, but encountered several barriers. Now, we're going we're gonna to actually go through, and I actually, I added some notes, and I, I jotted down some things about what she said, about what she said. She talked about the turmoil in her life because she had not, when she came to the to realization, and part of being able to, to heal is acknowledgement. It's, it's an ability to, to, to acknowledge, this is how I feel, this is what you did, this is how you hurt me, all of that. You have to be in that position where you are willing to deal with what is going on on the inside of you. Not what's going on on the inside of someone else, but what's going on on the inside of you. And so I want to read this last sentence that she wrote. She said, my inner turmoil had several negative effects on my life. I tried to forgive them, but I encountered several burials, barriers. And so I, I looked up the word turmoil and, and what that means. And so the word turmoil means a state or condition of extreme confusion, agitation, and commotion. So imagine yourself, you are in a state of unforgiveness. She could not forgive. She, she said she came to the realization that she couldn't forgive. She had not forgiven her parents of all people. She had not forgiven her parents. And so, and she said, and other people who had abused me in our, in our childhood. Many of us are suffering from childhood abuses, childhood things that happen. Maybe you were adopted. You were given away by your parents. I'm not, I don't, I don't know what that may look like in your life, but she said that it brought turmoil to her life, meaning it's a state of extreme confusion, agitation, and commotion. And then the negative effects of, when you look up the word negative, it is marked by denial, prohibition, and refusal. Refusing to accept something as, as it is, that, that this is what's in me, this is what's going on in me, and this is what I need, seeking out a remedy. And so we're going to go in on in this article. She reads, Barriers to Forgiveness is the title of this next section. She says, several factors can hold us back from pardoning or forgiving others. The first thing that can, can hold us back is the denial, the word denial itself. We are in denial. I said that just a few moments ago. When you are in denial, of what is going on on the inside of you. She said, some people go into denial that some something painful occurred to avoid and to stuff down their pain. And so what you're doing is when you're in denial about what you are feeling, meaning this is a barrier for you to be able to forgive because you don't even, you're denying that it even happened. You're not even acknowledging within yourself 
that this happened to your to you. So you're in denial. And the word denial means refusal to admit the truth or reality of something. You refusing to admit the truth or the reality of whatever is happening or what has happened to you, period. And so denial, some people go into denial that something painful occurred to avoid and to stuff down their pain. The second thing she mentioned is anger. Anger is a strong feeling of displeasure and usually of anti-antagonism. I'm sorry, antagonism. Also, she mentioned anger and bitterness that is all consuming. When you are in a state of unforgiveness, most of the time you are full of anger and you are bitter. Anger and bitterness that is all consuming. We can become wrapped up in the harm done to us that it takes over our life. And so what this thing begins to do, because you refuse to forgive, it begins to consume you and consume your life. It takes over your life. We cannot enjoy our life. And the only sex satisfaction we get is from the feelings of righteous indignation and rage at the justice or the injustice that was done to us. And I remember sharing back some time ago, I remember when, when I found out who the person was that had, had murdered my father, who took my father's life. And, and I said to, to, to anyone that I was speaking about him to, I had a, a right by what he had done to my father. He took my father from us to have a righteous indignation, right? But what I thought about was, now, how was this going to help me? How was this going to help me to maneuver through this, this traumatic event that had happened in my life. So she says in this article, again, her name is Carola Finch. We cannot enjoy life. The only satisfaction we get is from the feelings of a righteous indignation and the rage at the injustice that was done to us. So bitterness is, the definition of bitterness is, exhibiting intense animosity or harshly reproachful, uh, a harshly reproachful desire for acknowledgement, meaning that you, you, you're, you're reproachful, you're, 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 you're full of animosity because you want them to acknowledge that they hurt you. And what you have to come to the conclusion for or with or to in your own life is that if a person never ever says to me, I'm sorry, if they never ever acknowledge what they did to you, whether you they molested you, they raped you, they abused you emotionally, physically, they betrayed you in a marriage, whatever it was that happened, if they never acknowledge it, we as humans, for your own health sake, because this article is talking about the consequences of unforgiveness. But then we're going down into a portion of it where it says the barriers that prevents us from forgiving. 
And then we're going to go on to the, the next section of this article where it says, the desire for acknowledgement of the pain. We hold on to the hurt because we need the other people to acknowledge that they hurt us. Again, you may be sitting, you may be, you know, you may be saying to yourself, there's no way I could ever possibly forgive this person for what they did to me. And you want them to acknowledge that. You want them to say, to disclose the knowledge of your pain, to say to you, yes, I hurt you. I did this to you and I'm sorry. And then another barrier, barrier to forgiveness is our need to want to punish the offender. We want to punish them. We want them to be paid back. We want retribution because of what they've done to us. And it's a natural instinct or de desire to want to retaliate against the perpetrator. It's natural. It's not abnormal to feel that way. But what I'm saying to you is that, yes, it's natural to want to punish, but then you have to come to this place in your mind. And I had to do this when it, when it came to Stephen Stevens. I had to come to this conclusion that the word of God, and God tells us in his word, that vengeance is mine and I will repay, saith God. And so we have to allow God to deal with the perpetrator because I'm here to tell you and to let you know that no matter what a person does, if it's wrong and an injustice to somebody else, God sees that. And there is going to be a day of reckoning for that person that has hurt you, that has betrayed you, that raped you, that uh, abused you, whatever it was that happened to you. And there are so many things. You can be betrayed or betrayed by the man or the woman you were married to. And they committed adultery on you or they stole something from you or they, they just, they abuse you verbally, emotionally, mentally. They did so many things to you. And you're sitting back and saying, I'm never going to forgive this person. But by you doing that, what is it doing to you? And so the need to punish, we want to punish the offender. We want to deal with the, them roughly and harshly. And we even want to inflict injury or hurt on them in order to get revenge. Again, when you go back to the word of God, it talks about getting revenge. He says in his word that vengeance is mine. And I will repay, saith God. So God is the one that takes care of the offender. And our jobs as, as children, as his creation, whether you have accepted God as your savior, whether you know him on a personal level, or whether you just know him, he wants you to be whole. He doesn't want you walking around with these things in you. The other barrier, there's other barriers, anger and resentment. And this is what the article says. When anger simmers or boils over just below the surface, 
So, so what that feels like when you're, you're full of anger and resentment because of the injustice, it feels like you are about to explode inside. There is something in you. And sometimes people do literally explode. And what was done to them by someone else causes them to take it out on the innocent one that is not even involved, that sometimes may not even know what's going on. But because you refuse to let go of the anger and the resentment, then this is what happens. But I want to keep reading this article. It says, when anger simmers just below the surface, it can explode at any time. You, we, me, it can hurt innocent people around us and also place a strain on your present relationship. And so that's the other danger and the consequences of not forgiving someone is because you place a strain and you involve innocent people on in, in, into a situation that they may not even have privy to or have nothing to do with it. But because you've been carrying this thing around called unforgiveness, for the perpetrator, for the one who has hurt you, then others have to suffer. Your relationship have to suffer. I remember, and I'm, I'm going to be personal here. I remember um, as, as, I, as I've, I've grown as a woman and throughout my life, I've, I've gone through a lot of hurt when it comes to the relationship side, side of it. And what do I mean? I was in a marriage for nine years with a man that verbally, physically, and emotionally healed, uh, hurt me. And I did it. I went through it silently without even telling my family. My family didn't know what I was going through or what I had gone through until I came out of the marriage. And, 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 and here's, I, there was a lot of hurt and pain. People can wound you. They can you, uh, bruise you to the point that by the time you get to the, the man or the woman that's going to love you properly and that's going to love you the way God intends for you to be loved, you're so damaged and you're so full that you can't even receive the pure love, the true love that would come from that individual. The article also says, Triggers keep reminding us of our hurts. According to the web, Thrive Revive, forgiveness can provoke. Now, this is what I want you to listen to right here, because this right here is deep. It's real, it's real powerful. It says forgiveness can provoke short-term, intense responses that can impair our ability to communicate, think clearly, and make decisions. Now, I want you to let that just feast. I want you to feast on that just for a few minutes. Think about this. Unforgiveness can provoke a short-term intense response that can impair our ability to communicate, to think clearly, and to make decisions, three things, major things. It can do that to you. So do you think that 
you might want to stop and begin to process what's going on to you with you and make a decision that you are going to forgive the perpetrator now i looked up the word and the words anger and resentment and what the word simmer means because these are just bullet things that came up in in the article the word simmer remember i talked about you're you're in that place of position where you are literally about to explode because you have this anger and resentment and you will not forgive the person that hurt you so the word that simmer means to stew gently like a pot this is what the illustration to stew gently below or just at the boiling point so just imagine all this stuff is on the inside of you right you got anger you got uh resentment you're you're full of turmoil you're not thinking clearly you're not able to make wise decisions you are not even communicating effectively your heart is the center of every single thing you do and so it's not surprising that god tells us in his word to guard our heart he says because out of it flows the issues of life whatever is going on on the inside of you is seated right here in your heart and then it, it talked about how we can affect or we can hurt innocent ones that don't even have anything to do with what's going on in the in the on the inside of us when someone is innocent that means they are harmless in the effect or the intention they had nothing to do with it and then the word strain means you make it very difficult or resistant you make your very relationship the relationship with you and your husband the way relationship with you and your wife the relationship with you and your children the relationship with you and your co-workers many times even because of what's going on in the inside of us this anger and this resentment because of this thing that was done to us that we refuse to let go of we take it out on people at work we take it out on our husband or our wives we take it out on the children we're hollering and screaming at them we're cursing people out we're just being mean and evil and all we need to do is let go of it all we need to do is is give it to god and forgive the one that has hurt you but yet you continue to put a strain on the relationships because of the consequences of unforgiveness and there are consequences next part of the article says another uh uh consequence of unforgiveness is depression and anxiety yes i said it when negative emotions are not addressed hear me clearly negative emotions when they are not addressed we may experience sleep disturbances we may dis experience mental health issues such as 
depression, anxiety, and being short-tempered. I know, I remember, um, you know, after that, my dad was, uh, my father was murdered. And I remember just making a decision right away that I was going to forgive him. I was going to forgive Stephen Stevens because I knew that I didn't have the, the strength, the will, or the ability to be able to carry that as well as um, deal with and go through what I was going to have to go through in dealing with my father's death and the way that he was murdered. So it says, when negative emotions are not addressed, we may experience sleep disturbances, mental health issues such as depression and anxiety, and being short-tempered. And then here's the part right here that, that is so very important in this article. And it actually, it was surprising that it, it was here, but here's what she says. She says, another thing, what the other one of the consequences of, of our inability to forgive or the consequences of unforgiveness was that we will begin to question our spiritual beliefs and whether we have purpose or not. So, so I want you to let that just sink in for a minute as well. So do you mean to tell me that unforgiveness will make me or begin to make me question my spiritual beliefs and even whether I have purpose or not? Well, I don't know about you, but there is no way I'm going to give another human being that much power over me. Because truly, when you stop to think about it, that's what you're doing. You have given the individual that hurt you, the perpetrator, you've given them the power over you. They're controlling you and you can't even help it because you won't acknowledge. What you won't acknowledge, God cannot heal. And I want to repeat that over again. What we are not willing to acknowledge, God cannot heal. So the article says, if our faith, our faith tells us to forgive, we will begin to feel guilty and conflicted if we do not pardon the perpetrator. We may even question who we are and what we believe. You will begin to question who you are and what you believe because of all this stuff. You may have prior to this happening to you or you going through this, you you, you never questioned your, your faith or your belief and who you are, who you are in the eyes of God, not who you are in the eyes of someone, but who you are in the eyes of God. Questioning spiritual beliefs and whether we have purpose. So what does that mean? That means it will bring on insecurities. You will become insecure in the person you are and what you know about you. And, and, and here's what I know. I know this about God. I know this from experience. 
God is love. And everything about God that represents God is love. God is love. And because we are his creation, then he made us to love. And so then when you allow anything to get inside of you and those things called anger, resentment, all of that stuff that is simmering on the inside of you, then you become ineffective in the way that God intends for you to live as an individual. He meant for you to live in, in, in liberty and freedom and joy. God is love, he's joy, his peace. He is contentment. But then you begin to feel insecure and not content because of what you, I, we as individuals allow to continue to go on in our life. And the thing that is affecting us call unforgiveness. The article, again, the title of it is The Consequences of Unforgiveness. And then there's, there's one more little part, actually a couple of little parts. We got time. We're not rushing. It says the mental and the physical effects of unforgiveness. It says in, 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 in this article, according to Johns Hopkins Medicine, listen to this, chronic anger creates a flight or flight state of mind that stays on on. Even when there is no present threat, some trauma provide, uh, survivors, such as those of natural disasters, physical or sexual assaults, or muggings, develop what they call a post-traumatic stress disorder. Common symptoms are anger outburst, insomnia, emotional numbness, and tension. So, when you have experienced trauma, you can develop this. And so I wanted to read uh, what the word, first of all, what the word chronic means. Chronic means constantly vexing, weakening, and troubling. So everything about what you are carrying on the inside of you is weakening you to the level that you are literally losing yourself. So I wanna even give you the definition of what PTSD means because I went through that when my father was murdered. PTSD is a psychological, reaction, a psychological reaction occurring after experiencing a highly stressful event such as wartime combat, physical violence, anxiety, flashbacks, recurrent nightmares, or a avoidance of reminders of an event. And so what does that mean? I can give you a clear example when you avoid dealing with something which is what really brought on the depression and the anxiety for me. 
when my father was murdered the first year in about, mm, I'd say it took, he was murdered in April, about a year and two months. I was going through life. I was ministering. I was going to different states to minister. I was moving on and I was acting as if nothing had happened. And I remember my sister Brenda looking at me one day. We were out at out to dinner and she said to me, she said, Debbie, you need to cry. And I looked at her like, girl, I'm fine. I don't need to cry. No, I don't. And so so what I'm saying is I was in denial. I was in denial of what had happened to me, not because I had not forgiven him, but I was in denial, in complete denial of what had happened. And so when you're in denial of something, you're not facing something, you're not dealing with the fact that you refuse, you, you've made the decision. I've heard people say this on different court things and, and even in life, I'll never forgive that person. I will never forgive them. But who are you hurting by making that decision that you're never going to forgive the person that hurts you, that, that deceived you, that, that took your loved one? You're not hurting them. And the fact of the matter is the man that murdered my father two days later, took his own life. So what benefit was it going to be to me or for me to hate someone and be bitter and not forgive someone who's not even in the, in the world anymore? And there are those in this world that hate people that have been dead for at least 20 years. They've been dead for 20 years. They've gone on to judgment and you in your heart, you are still saying, they did this to me, and I'm not going to forgive them. So what I want to say to you is, in continuing in this thought, it says, a state of unforgiveness can lead to an increased risk. Now here, this is starting to affect your vascular, okay? And this is according to an article uh, in... John Hopkins medicine. It can lead to an increase and increase the risk of changing changes in your blood pressure, your heart rate, and your immune response. We are more vulnerable to experiencing increased levels of stress, anxiety, depression, and diabetes and heart conditions. Oh God, do you even understand how important and how detrimental it is for us as individual, as you, me, I, whoever it is, to be in a position where you refuse to forgive someone that hurt you. This is, this is medically. This is not even talking about the spiritual side of it. It's talking about what it does to you in the medical sense. It says we are more vulnerable to experience, experiencing increased levels, increased stress levels. And anybody will tell you medically that stress alone will take you out of here. Anxiety, depression, 
and diabetes and diabetes, I'm sorry, and heart conditions. Is that the place we want to be? Is that how we want life to end for us? Is that we want to we want to stay in this state and we want to stay in this mind of. I'm not going to forgive him. Sis. I'm talking to you. Yeah, you. You got to let it go. You have to come to that place. You have to exhale, inhale, I want to say, and you have to breathe and you have to let it go because it is slowly killing you. It's slowly taking life from you because you have made the decision that you're not going to forgive the person that hurt you. And so we're going to move on. And, and I'm almost at the end of this article, but I want to share this last little part. And this is the best part of it right here, I think. It says, con 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 concluding thoughts. Should we restore relationships with people in our lives who have hurt us? And so that's the first question. Should we? So... Should we restore the relationship with people in our lives who hurt us? I go on, or the word goes on to say, that depends on the situation. Yet, according to the word of God, we have to forgive. And if we don't forgive our brother or our sister, the word of God says that we stand in unforgiveness and he won't forgive us. The world would say, well, yeah, that depends on the situation. But I'm going to finish reading the article and then I'm going to share my thoughts. It says, should we restore the relationship with people in our lives who have hurt us? It goes on to say it depends on the situation. Some people are toxic and should be avoided. Now, I have to agree with that 100%. There are some people that you're going to forgive, but you're not going to accept them back into your life because they continue to be the same toxic person that they were prior to the hurt or the thing that was done to you. While it says, while relationships with others are possible, a restoration can be and should be possible if they honor the boundaries we put in place to protect ourselves. In other cases, people may be remorseful and are willing to do whatever it takes to resume the connection with you. So if someone comes back to you after they have hurt you, wounded you, whatever it is that they've done to you, and they are truly remorseful, then we should be willing to do or to receive them. We can cautiously, cautiously consider if this is a healthy relationship is possible and then take the steps that it's going to take to restore the relationship. That means you need to have a conversation with that person. That means you need to 
talk it out. And that means that the person has to understand that when you have hurt a person, especially if you've hurt them deeply and you've betrayed them uh, in a way where it was unexpected and, and or even if it was somebody real close, like a husband, a wife, a child, um, whatever it may be, I could I could see in my mind and I could hear the the scripture in my mind where Paul said, if it if it, 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 it I could have taken it had it been a stranger, but it was the one that I supped with. It was the one that I thought was my friend. It was my husband. It was my children. It was my wife. If it hadn't been a stranger, I could have took it better. But it was those people that were closest to me that caused me to be and to feel the way that I feel. But I'm going to go on and I'm going to read this last of this article. And then I want to give you just some scriptures and then we're going to be done. It says clearly unforgiveness has negative consequences that affect our mental and physical well-being. Forgiveness puts us on the path to healing from past hurts and it looses or loose it looses the hold that unforgiveness had has has had on you. It enables you to regain self-control and to take back your thought life. I could hear the scripture in my mind, whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. We have to let good thoughts, wholesome thoughts, things that we meditate on that are different than I hate them, I can't stand them, I'm not going to forgive them. Forgiveness is for you, my beloveds. It's for you. It's not for the other individual. It's for you. It says, parting, parting then or forgiving others is a necessary step to emotional healing and to the restoration of relationships. The consequences of unforgiveness. So I'm going to read these, these couple of scriptures and then I'm going to be done. In Matthew 18, 5 through 17, the word of God says this. If your brother sins against you, Go to go and tell him his faults between you and him or her alone. Many times, instead of us telling our brother and sister, and I'm talking about your brother and sister in Christ, I'm not talking about the world right now, because that's another that's another angle. It says, if he listens to you, you have gained your brother or sister. But if he does not listen, take take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. 
if he refuses to listen, talking about your brother or sister in Christ, if he, if he, if, if he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a, and a tax collector. So what is the word of God saying? When it comes to your brothers and sisters, we are to go to them when they offend you, when they hurt you, when they betray you. The Bible says, go to your brother and him alone. Him alone. Forgiveness require, is required. This is my final thought and I'm going to be done. Forgiveness is required according to God's word. It is required by each of us. And it's required for us to forgive everyone. The disciples asked the Lord, he says, he said, Peter came unto him and he said unto the Lord, there was a parable. Lord, how, how often shall I forgive my brother who sins against me? As many as, and the Bible goes on to say, as many as seven times, this is what Peter is asking God. Jesus said unto him, I do not say to you seven times, but 70 times, seven times. That's a whole lot of times <laughs> to forgive an individual for what they've done or, or, or how they've hurt you or what they've said or the lies they've told on you. But God is saying to us, Forgiveness is required for everything. But if you do not have a relationship with the person who has hurt or offended you, the reconciliation does not come into play when it comes to someone who is not in your, in your life and you don't even know them. I didn't know Stephen Stevens. So for me to say that I needed to have a relationship and be reconciled with him wasn't necessary. But what was important was I needed to forgive him. And I'm so grateful to God that he gave me the will, the strength, the ability, the, the want to, to forgive the man who murdered my father. I'm grateful to God. Because I want you to know that I, I wasn't able to do that on my own. It wasn't due to anything that was in Debbie. Any of my own power. But it was the grace of God on my life. And I remember shit. I've shared this with many others. Um, and many times before. I remember asking the Lord this question. I said, Lord, what is it? What is it about us? What is it us with your children, with your people? That, that prevents us from forgiving the people who have hurt us, betrayed us, raped us, molested us, whatever it is that's happened. And I mean, I know for many of us, there's been some horrendous things that have happened to you in your life, that happened to you in your childhood. You were abandoned, you were given up for adoption and you have felt rejected and you haven't felt like you were a part of anything. But I want you today to make the decision and to make up your mind, no matter who it is, no matter what they've done, 
I am going to forgive the person. I'm going to pardon them. I'm going to surrender my will to the will of God. And I'm going to let go of this hurt, of this thing that is literally taking life from me. And God, I'm going to give it to you. And I remember when I asked the Lord that question, his reply to me was, it is a matter of one's will. So it's a matter of, of a decision that you make. God can make the decision for you. I can't make the decision for you. You have to make up your mind that I'm going to forgive. I'm going to pardon the perpetrator. And I'm going to free myself from the inside out. I'm going to free myself. Free yourself. <laughs> free yourself. Forgive the man or the woman. Forgive your husband and your wife and or your wife. Forgive your children. Forgive them. There's a portion of the Bible that says, forgive them for they know not what they do. Sometimes people don't even know better. They don't even have enough spiritual sense of fortitude to understand the detriment of what they've done to you. But whether they understand or not, as for you, you've got to make the decision that I'm going to forgive the person that did whatever they did to you. I'm going to forgive them. And if it is a relationship that is close and personal and near to you, then you're going to need to find a way to bring restoration to that. And I'm not saying, I'm not advocating and saying in any way, some people, you won't, not, you won't be able to restore the relationship because they're not going to allow it because of what's in their own heart. They're not going to allow you to do that. But you must do it for yourself. I want to read this last scripture and then I want to pray and then we're going to be done. And the word of God, it says in that, Matthew 6 and 15. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your heavenly father forgive you your trespasses. The final word, healing and deliverance cannot come until we forgive. I pray that something that I've said, something in this article that I've read has been a blessing to you that will help you to stop and just think and ponder. I'm not going to let anybody hold me hostage anymore. You're not going to hold my heart hostage. You're not going to hold my psyche hostage. You're not going to hold me moving and flourishing and, and, and being everything that God ordained me be. No, you're not. It stops today. I make a decision today to surrender it to God. Women, men all over the world, I want you to make that declaration today that healing and deliverance is mine because I forgive. I forgive you. And so, Lord, we thank you today for this opportunity to have shared this moment in time with your people Father God, I know that you love them and I know that you care 
about everything that concerns them. And God, I want you to bless and allow this video to reach from one end of this world to another, all over this country, everywhere, so that we would understand and know that God, it is your complete desire, your will, that your children, your daughters, that they be made whole and that they be healed and that they be made whole. And so I ask of you right now to heal your daughters, God, heal them from the inside out, God, help them and allow them to release it to you, Jesus. Do it because I know, let them feel your very presence. Even as I pray right now, God, let them feel your presence, God. Let them feel your love. Let them feel your compassion. Let them know the, the just the way that you love and you protect them and you hover over them, God, is the same way that you want them to be with the one that has hurt them, that has abused them. Not necessarily that they have to bring them back in their lives, God, but that they have to forgive them. And Father God, as you, you heal them, as you pour your healing salve upon your daughters, God, God, I thank you in advance. And I thank you for what you've already done and what you're going to do, God. And as you do it, God, we will and they will be careful to make sure to give you all the glory and all the honor, God, because it belongs to you anyway. In Jesus' name, we pray and we say thank you. Thank you all for sharing this moment in time with me. I love you. I love God's people. I do. I love you. I love God's people. And I ask you all to continue to pray for me as God leads and guides me in this podcast. I think we are done. We may be having another guest on. I've asked my friend to come on and share her experience in the, in the journey of forgiveness. She is a wonderful woman. Her name is Dawn. Dawn Young, and she's going to be coming on and sharing it with us. And I think this at next week will be our last episode in, on the subject or in the subject matter of unforgiveness. But what I want and what God wants, most importantly, he is the one that made you and loves you. He wants you to be healed and he wants you to be whole. Peace and blessings, everyone. Amen. <laughs>